Welcome to I Am, I Have, brought to you by Happiful Magazine and Counselling Directory. On today's episode, I have the huge pleasure of talking to the brilliant Natalie Lee, who you'll also find on Instagram at Style Me Sunday. We talk about the relief and grief that came with her recent ADHD diagnosis, how we're shaped by our society, and why she's inviting you to manifest that shit in 2022. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to encourage you to download the free Happiful app. You can read our digital magazine for free, search for the perfect therapist, life coach, nutritionist, or hypnotherapist for you. And if you're looking for a great Christmas present for a loved one or for yourself, check out the Happiful magazine gift subscriptions. Now, back to Natalie. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I love talking with her, and we'd love it if you could rate, review, and share. I am delighted to be speaking with Natalie Lee on I Am, I Have. Natalie is a phenomenal digital creator, co-host of the upcoming Manifest That Shit workshop and a fierce supporter of other women. You'll find Natalie on Instagram at Style Me Sunday, where she also shares her exploration of healing, sexuality, fashion, feelings and neurodivergence. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. So much better than I could do. I love that. Thank you. You're very welcome, but I'm sure you could do much better. And I will ask you if you could introduce yourself in your own words and perhaps tell listeners what you think they should know about you. I'm, like many people, notoriously bad at introducing myself. Whenever anyone says that, I suddenly go completely blank and I'm like, who am I? What do I do? Where I like, I'm, I've just landed. I've literally just landed. I have no idea. Um, but I'm going to try and rack my brain. I am a content creator. I do, which has led to many things like talks and courses and podcasts. It's great. It's perfect for me because I hate the mundanity of like a nine to five job. So it's different all the time. And I get to do really interesting things like this. Um, I've got two girls. I live in East London. Used to be a midwife. I've done lots of different things in my life. I'm, I'm, yeah, I kind of change all the time. That's part of my nature, I've learned to believe. And we're really delighted to have you on I Am, I Have today. And we've got a lot to talk about. So I'm gonna kick off with your first I Am, which is, I am a product of my upbringing. Do you want to tell us more? Yeah, I thought about this because it's very fresh in my mind at the moment. I'm doing a lot of work around my healing and those kind of, and how it, how my past of my childhood and my trauma has influenced how I am today. And that's like very enlightening but also quite painful at the same time you know realizing issues and problems is is hard yeah it's just really really difficult I think the main sort of thing is acknowledging that I had parents who were like emotionally one was emotionally unavailable one was physically and emotionally unavailable and de- and how I've learned to deal with that feeling of being invisible and you know those unmet needs has unwittingly shaped almost everything I do and I'm just kind of learning that now and trying to unpick it all so that's that's tough I can imagine and you said you're doing a lot of work around that and obviously 
we won't talk about anything you don't want to talk about but are you you're working with a professional and how are you finding that yeah so I have been seeing a psychotherapist for uh I don't know now maybe maybe a year or maybe a little bit more I think my whole world kind of came crashing around me when I decided to leave my partner of 25 years. He was a real sort of crutch for me and also masked a lot of things going on in my life. And then suddenly with him not there anymore, I was like, wow, what is happening? My life just seemed to explode and I was in turmoil and I felt like, I didn't have any anchors at all anymore. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. It was the most incredibly painful period of my life, I would say, but also completely necessary and and has led to so many illuminations. It's just it's just been incredible. But yeah, so yeah, I'm having um, therapy. Um, I've also like just been doing a lot of self-healing. I went on a retreat recently, which was the most incredible experience. Uh, I did Kundalini yoga, um, which is lots and lots of breath work. Oh my God, who knew? Who knew like what you can get from just breathing, like from just breathing with, you know, belly breathing. I was, a, I'm, I'm a very, I think, you know, my breathing has always been sort of high up in my chest and, and that leads to high cortisol and lots of different things. And I just, all of these feelings came up for me and it was like, zoom. I kind of felt like I was, back in my body again that was the most incredible experience yeah it was fascinating I can imagine and it's so interesting you say that Natalie because you're probably the fifth person I've spoken to this year who has extolled the virtues of breath work as part of their healing so Richie Norton was on here and he was obviously talking about his book um, Lift Your Vibe Poppy Jamie was talking the amount of people who talk about breath work and you know, I've tried it with apps and things like that, but it really does seem to work for a lot of people. And you talked about shallow breathing from your chest. And I know that's something I do when I'm quite anxious. And it's so interesting how, as you said, breathing, something we have to do every day, can really change our mental state as well as our physical state. Absolutely. I think it just connects the two together from my personal experience. I have suffered with that feeling of disconnection, of disassociation for a very, very long time. To varying degrees, I think I had an extremely traumatic experience when I was four years old, which probably contributed to part of me leaving my body and disassociating from myself. And I've had these problems with connection ever since especially when I go into any sort of highly stressful anxiety inducing period of my life but I think a lot of people are having that issue with disconnection Um, I think you know the whole lockdown and Covid period has really heightened that obviously 
that caused a lot of stress and unknown. Yeah, we didn't know what was happening and what how long it would be. And I think that that heightened our stress levels and our disconnection to the world and to each other. And yeah. that has been huge. I completely agree. And on a very basic level during COVID, breathing, actually just the act of breathing was something that was a bit terrifying in, in public places. You know, we've been masked, we've kind of been covered up and kept away. So the idea that we can start to see people and also using breath work and reassociating with with others and with our bodies, as you said, perhaps in your case, it is a, a longer term disconnection. But there's there's so many kind of parallels between the behaviours that we've had to be away from people and and not breathing to everyone suddenly feeling like they can engage in these behaviours that bring them back to themselves. And that's what it is. It's just it's just about coming back to yourself, coming back to that true, authentic self without all of the added baggage that has been piled on top. It's so incredibly difficult to do, though. It takes so much work. And, you know, what I'm realising is that the work is never stopping. At some point, I feel more connected to myself. And in other times, you know, I go back, to, I feel like I go back to square one, but I haven't. I have to acknowledge the progress that I've made, but the progress is not going to be a straight line for sure. That's, yeah, definitely not. There's going to be huge, big bumps in the way. And it will feel like I'm going all the way back to step one, but I'm not because I'm able to pull myself out of that destructive behavior or emotional instability or disconnectedness. Is that a word, disconnectedness? I if it's know. not, it should be now. <laughs> I, and I'm able to do that quicker than I was ever before. Just, just the awareness that it's happening is is really important you know I've one of the key things about feeling disconnected is that I've really struggled to identify emotions and feelings that I'm experiencing because I didn't have that awareness you know I I, I would question myself like you know you've got quite a, a stressful thing happening in your life right now what's going on? What's happening inside? And there, I just couldn't access it. I just could not access it. I was like, no, I'm absolutely fine. I didn't know how to connect those two again. And that's what I've been really, really struggling with, but really working towards lately. You know, often in the past, I have used things like drink and drugs to just feel something, to feel that connection with myself, to feel that connection with other people, um, which has worked in, in a very, very, in the very, very short term, but then led to an increased feeling of numbness and um, separateness from myself and from others. Sounds like you really are doing that work and you're digging deep as well. And as you said at the beginning, being a product of your upbringing, going, going right back, but also what's happened in the, in the last couple of years. Your, your second I am kind of builds upon that, which says I am a product of society. Tell us more about being a product of society and what that means for you. Well, yeah, obviously we're all products of society. We all know 
that we have, you know, society's norms and values impressed on us and the pressure that that kind of brings. You know, the further you, you are away from how society, from the ideal standard of how you should look and behave, the more difficult it is for you to get along in society, the more harder you've got to fight to be heard and seen, and the more rejected you feel by others. You know, our sense of identity is shaped before we've even come out of the birth canal and those expectations placed on us before we have even taken our first breath are absolutely huge and that encourages us to absolutely not be ourselves to not to not know who we are to to you know it it encourages that lack of individuality and authenticity and that's that's a real struggle it's a real struggle for people and and you know being accepted and belonging is all anyone ever wants to feel and I've struggled with that my whole life which leads to a kind of over emphasis on trying to get people to understand you to like shout you kind of want to shout louder because people don't understand what you're experiencing what you're feeling there's that lack of feeling heard you know which is really difficult deeply frustrating so frustrating and then you 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 know you try and fit in because that tends to be the only way you feel like you can get on and people actually value what you say. But then, you know, the more aware you are of that, the more you are able to acknowledge that by being an individual, by being completely true to yourself, not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to accept you. And it, and I felt it really difficult to deal with the un- injustice of being misunderstood or misconstrued. It would plague me. I would obsess over it for very, a very long time. In fact, I still think about it today. But it's that kind of understanding of yourself and that acceptance of yourself really really helps to not feel like everyone has got to get you so hard though isn't it especially when you're in a a public uh, arena you know your fantastic instagram account the work you've done with style me sunday your events people are looking at you and and will have judgment and post things and by our very nature we retain the criticism and also as you were saying earlier on about what do I feel perhaps sometimes we don't always feel the good when the good comes but we feel the bad which is why we can make that attachment so that must be really tough being in a a public arena or doing your work quite publicly when you're feeling that way it can be but I think um you know one one of the beauties about being disconnected is that actually you know, you don't really care about what other people think of you sometimes. I seem to flip between the two states of people understanding, liking me, and then a complete sort of lack of interest in what anyone thinks about me. 
and lack of understanding sometimes. But that maybe that's more to do with my ADHD than um, than the disconnection. Well, they're all tied. They're all connected. It's really hard to it's really hard to disentangle it all because it's all connected. And it's all you as well. I think that's the thing. Sometimes it's really hard when we're talking about ourselves to take out the different elements. You know, this is what this podcast is about. We are all a million different things, you know, and and we may live with um, a disorder or a specific. And I have obsessive compulsive disorder, but I am not, you know, I'm not defined by by having obsessive compulsive disorder. But it is that kind of thing of taking, taking, <laughs> trying to understand which parts of you belong to certain behaviors and which parts are circumstantial and you can go round and round and round in your head trying to understand that when you're trying to fit into society's kind of schema of how you should be so I think being a product of society is is such a great I am and also you're a mother of two girls do you see it in your girls that kind of pressure of society to to be that product that they want to see yeah, absolutely. And especially the older they get, trying to trying to fight those fires every day. But the pressure to be thin, the pressure to be beautiful, the pressure to be clever. It's it's never enough. It's never enough. And that's, you know, a feeling that so many of us have. But I feel like especially for women we're never enough and that that's something that's really difficult to instill in your children and to overcome because society is selling them all these products that tell them that they're not enough you know it's a multi-billion pound business the pressure is strong it is strong and I'd, I'd love to know because you started Style Me Sunday as a blog in 2012 is that right so it's nearly yeah. 10 years old how has that changed have you seen that change that that emphasis on women being enough within that period of time oh god so much has changed when I started I don't I don't I had certainly not heard of body positivity or um anything like that or even sort of trans rights and like that it definitely wasn't sort of at the forefront of the social media movement back then yeah things have changed a lot and and I feel like there's a lot more voices being heard from the ground up rather than from the boardroom down we're no longer just listening to what the brands are trying to enforce on us and what you know beauty um, companies and things like that are trying to make us believe there's a real movement of outliers of people who don't feel like they belong people who don't feel like they've ever been ever had a seat at the table there's a real movement that to for them to have their voices heard, which I think is incredible. And which is why I will always, always be slightly protective over social media because it's it's led to a huge revolution of minorities and, and disadvantaged people being heard. Obviously, there's still a very long way to go, but um, my daughters are much more informed about social injustices and things than I ever was. And that's, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. 
And that gives me hope as well. I think, you know, like you said, we are we are very aware of the pitfalls of social media, but there are some fantastic things happening because of social media. And the fact that we're talking today is happening because uh, of social media and and everyone at Happyful following your content and loving your content. So I think it's good to to think that that societal kind of progression is happening as well. We're going to move on to our next I am, which is a great one again. I am constantly trying to unlearn my thoughts, processes and old patterns impressed on me without my permission. Oof, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? Oof. Yeah, I think, I think just there's so many things that are impressed on us that we have no, we have no say in, absolutely no say at all, you know that desire to want to be you know successful and to be high achievers and you know that's just it's never enough to just be it's just it's you know what happened to just being it's it always seems like we're trying to live up to this kind of unrealistic standard that no one really feels like they're ever actually reaching but yeah I think I think maybe what I was getting at when I was thinking about that I've been I've been sort of trying to really dig and look into my core beliefs lately and some of those core beliefs I've uncovered in particular one I think that has plagued me my whole life has been that core belief that I'm unlovable or hard to love and that has obviously as I said before come from that feeling of not having emotionally available parents or one parent who was physically and not emotionally available feeling invisible feeling like my needs weren't met there sort of made me feel very alone and self-reliant and unable to recognize and express my own needs and therefore I feel like for a lot of my life I have kind of just been playing out this whole desire of wanting unconditional love because I don't feel like I got that enough as a child um not through their fault they were just like my parents had their own trauma they were doing the best that they could um it's just that their their trauma they, they were they were adults their trauma felt big it felt like adult stuff and mine felt minimized and dismissed so I think I've been kind of reenacting that out for a lot I've I've been wanting that kind of love and connection from the people around me and not realizing that I was reenacting this kind of pattern from my childhood and and that has been quite difficult to kind of acknowledge that you just kind of end up becoming your parents. Um, And, you know, that all kind of ties into that disconnection, feeling disconnected and that inability to be emotionally present like my parents, I felt were with me. And realizing that you are doing the same to your children is a real hard truth to swallow really hard especially when you know exactly how that feels yourself 
And is that something in terms of working with someone, it's it's possible to have that reflected back to you rather than it being something that you're working on on your own? Because that sounds like a, a big hill to climb. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on in 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 therapy. But I think just just the awareness, just the awareness of having that light bulb moment that, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing it, too, is, you know, obviously it comes with a lot of guilt and a lot of realizations that are painful. But the awareness of that is powerful. The awareness of that means that you're actually able to finally break the pattern to do something about it to make change and to work on being connected it's incredibly powerful having that awareness awareness is is everything and it's something I would associate with you in terms of what I've seen of your presence on social media is that you certainly seem to be someone who has great self-awareness but also the ability to open up conversations about a lot of different things so whether it's about shame whether it's about sexuality whether it's about neurodivergence you are ready to open that conversation and hold space for other people on your social media where did that come from where did that desire to support others through that space and and have that conversation with them come from I just have, I'm just really interested in people. I've always had this, um, had this affinity to psychology. So I'm interested in how people work. Obviously, I'm interested in how I work, but just the, that human nature, I want to know people's um, opinions and thoughts and what makes them tick. I'm a very, you know, I'm one of those really annoying people that loves deep conversations, but I like the, I like a lot of deep conversation and everyone's like, oh, for God's sake, can we please just talk about something light for a change, (laughs) which is why I love conversations like this. Um, But yeah, I love, I love hearing other people's experiences. It, it, it helps us, it helps us connect. It helps us understand people I learn so much from it I am often challenged you know my thoughts and opinions are not always right and they will change often and I love that's what I love about it I love I love somebody going hmm but you know have you thought about it like this or or just giving me insight into something I haven't even thought about it it can be you know social media can be so binary and it's so easy to kind of see something and latch onto that idea and think oh yeah yeah that's that's a bit shit and then you know regurgitate that opinion without having looked into it in any depth or or with any nuance And that's what I love. I love, you know, spouting off about something and then having a really constructive conversation that leads to me feeling like I've learned something. And I can really tell because you really light up when you're talking about that kind of, you know, those kind of conversations. And I I think it's great. And you do a lot of, as you said, you do podcasts, you've done podcasts, you do events, you have a podcast, 
manifest that shit workshop coming up which I love the sound of so is this partly about working through yourself while helping other people do the same thing do you want to inspire other people to do the same thing 100% every single thing I do is is basically narcissistic it is it is to help (laughs) but it is it's it's to you know like the manifesting every time I do a course I do it alongside everyone else I'm getting as much out of it as they are and that's why I'm so passionate about it there's no point in me doing these courses it's just methodical it's just you know boring stuff that I know already I'm kind of like learning as we go along I'm doing more and more research every single time I'm adding texture and flavor um, and depth to the course as it's going along so yeah I'm, I'm you know nearly everything I do I I do the work alongside everyone else hopefully I'm like a usually you know a couple of steps ahead but being able to sort of impart what I've learned is just incredible it's an incredible feeling and and the people the responses and the reactions that we've got from the courses because I do the course this manifest that shit course I do with Cherry Healy um, who is a tv presenter and a wonderful friend she um she's yeah, she's great at doing research and, and you know, learning more about things in, in huge depth. So, yeah, we do it because we're passionate about it. Every time we like to learn about it, we like to go, yeah, into it a bit more. It's great. And earlier on, you said you're one of those annoying people who like to go deep into the conversation. I don't think that's annoying. And most people listening to this podcast would not think that's annoying because that's, you know, that's where it comes from. We're interested in people. We're interested in learning and understanding more about each other. And one of the reasons I really wanted to speak to you is is also about Manifest That Shit, because we've come to a point in the year this will go out in mid-November in the first time. So if you're listening to this afterwards, it will still apply at some point. But we've come to a point where we're kind of going into the winter. It's been a tough couple of years and we're getting a real sense at Happiful of, of people just being quite sedate and unsure of, of where they are and what the future is. And that kind of, I think that's been uncertainty for a long period of time. So what we really hope is that over the next couple of weeks, we can present people with some ideas of where they can go next, of of communities that they can join, you know, in those months, in those kind of winter time when they might be feeling at their lowest. So Manifest That Shit is something you should definitely check out if you're listening to this at the end of 2021. And if you're listening afterwards, I'd just go and check out Style Me Sunday anyway, because I'm sure there will be something else. But are you feeling that or are you feeling quite positive about the months that are coming up ahead? Oh, that's a really good question. Look, my mood changes minute by minute, day to day. So I couldn't really um, answer that wholeheartedly. But what I will say is that we, as we do go into the winter months and people do become a little more, um, maybe not as sort of energetic as before, I think I'd like to put it. Now is a great time to become, to do a bit of self-reflection. Now's a time, a great time to just 
yeah, go within to not keep pushing, to not keep trying to achieve, to not keep looking to where you want to be. Now's a great, because that's also, you know, we talk about that a lot in the course as well, about appreciating where you are right now, how far you've progressed so far, and doing a bit of work on that rather than just feeling like you're on the go all the time and there's no stopping now's a great time to hibernate and to do some thinking to do some breathing to think about you know to dig a little bit think about those core beliefs think about those self-limiting beliefs think about those things that might be holding you back and then we can do some manifesting (laughs) that's wonderful (laughs) I'm gonna sound clip that up and just send it to people on a daily basis I think (laughs) and in in terms of kind of going deep we've talked about how you're going deep at the moment but your I have is really indicative of of how deep you've had to go so you say I have been through the biggest and most incredible transformation in the past two years and I wondered if you wanted to share a bit about that yeah um I I mean I, I talked about it a little bit earlier about the ending of relationship of 24 years, which I'm still kind of gathering, you know, finding my feet, I would say, because, you know, I haven't been an adult. I haven't been a single adult ever until the last last couple of years. So that's a real big transformation. Um, you know, dipping my toe into the dating arena and and that whole thing is, is a minefield (laughs) um but also it's led to things like um seeking therapy it's led to um, an adhd diagnosis which has been revolutionary because it's just giving me so much more understanding of myself and why i'm like i am in certain ways and often you know adhd is really underdiagnosed in women and there's a real sort of movement with adult women getting diagnosed um lately I, I don't know if that's just in the echo chamber that I live in but I feel like there is I you know I keep reading it I keep hearing about it on social media and stuff um where was I going with that who knows well, just going back to ADHD, you shared your the the kind of route to diagnosis um, with everyone, and and it seemed like as you were reading some of the things that that felt like they were jigsaw pieces that were being fit together for you, it felt that although it was a, a moment that brought around some emotions being given that diagnosis, actually it brought some relief as well. And I wondered if you could share what that that meant for you and and what what having ADHD means for you? Yeah, so when I was diagnosed, there was a real, there was a real sense of grief and then there was a real sense of relief and holding those two together at the same time was was tricky to navigate. Um, I, I definitely felt grief because of past issues that I've always had. You know, I was always that kind of, all of my school reports said has potential, doesn't fulfill her potential. Um, And, you know, I've started, I've started degrees, I started a psychology degree, and halfway through, I gave that up because I felt the pressure 
to hand in my assignments too much. I've always had that issue with handing stuff in. Um, and I just felt like if I had a better understanding earlier, then I would have not been so down on myself. I would have had, you know, it really, really does affect your self-esteem when you don't understand why you can't just hand an assignment in on time. And why doing mundane tasks like putting the washing away, cooking dinner for the family is so stressful and so anxiety filled that it makes you feel like a failure constantly, daily. I used to feel lazy. I felt like, I just felt like I could never finish anything. I could never articulate myself well there was there, there was a real um I struggled with social anxiety a lot you know if I would walk out of the house and see a neighbor who I wasn't expecting to see that would trigger anxiety because I hadn't prepared I hadn't prepared what I was going to say yeah um and that you know picking the kids up from school the school run used to fill me with anxiety because I could never remember the other parents' names, even though we'd probably had wonderful conversations. That made me feel really bad, really awful about myself. And, and, and I used to think, oh, no wonder everyone hates me. Of course they hate me because I'm not warm. I'm not, I, I tend to pretend I don't see people or put my head down. And, and I really struggled with that. So having that kind of understanding of myself and the medication feels like a huge weight has been lifted off my head. Oh, I can understand just listening to you talking about that. I could literally feel the weight of the day-to-day -day considerations, you know, that just stepping out the door and seeing a neighbor going to the school, everything suddenly becomes tough and something you need to negotiate. So I can completely hear how having that diagnosis and the medication could be such a relief, but equally that there was a grief there for, for yeah. the times perhaps you'd beaten yourself up so badly and the inner critic had gone at you for, as you said, being lazy when it was far from the truth. You know, other people listening to this might also be able to relate. There was other things like um, executive dysfunction, you know, not being able to get appointment times right. People would turn up at my door with loads of equipment and I would open the door not knowing why the heck they were standing on my front door. This was, this happened to me all the time. I, I couldn't retain appointments. I, I used to get times wrong and it, it was just, it's, it, I didn't realize how difficult it was. I just thought, oh, I used to try and rationalize it. I just thought, oh, that's that's just me. I'm just scatty. I'm just disorganized. I just, I just live in the moment. I don't know what the heck is going on. I tried to downplay it, and and but actually, I do realize how much that really did affect me, my self-esteem. And yeah, now, now I've learned loads of coping mechanisms that really help me function so much better. And it's, it's been life-changing. I mean, that's wonderful to hear. And you talking about it, I know there'll be someone listening to this who, who will be completely relating to what you're saying. If someone is struggling and they, they think that they might 
be living with ADHD, would you say anything to them? Would you say go and see somebody or is there anything that particularly help you? Yeah, absolutely. I think women are really good at masking. We're really good at masking the symptoms and pretending that it doesn't affect us as much as it does, but it really does. So if any of this is relating to you, I would definitely seek, you know, opinions and maybe go, and maybe look into getting an assessment. I know it's difficult, it, especially on the NHS. And if you haven't got access to funds to go privately, then it can be really difficult. And the waiting time is long, which also goes against like ADHD traits of being really impatient. Um, but I would, I would definitely seek it, treat it as something that's important. Because one of the things I came up against was that, oh, everyone's got ADHD. Oh my God, everyone, you know. And yes, look, all of the traits that I'm describing, to an extent, everyone can get those from time to time. But it's, uh, it's the same with depression. Everyone can feel down from time to time. But does it get in the way of your daily life? Exactly. That's the difference. Are you struggling with everyday tasks every single day? Or, you know, it, obviously the symptoms do fluctuate sometimes depending on what goes on in your life and your hormones and all of that. But ultimately, I had to acknowledge that this was a daily struggle for me. It affected my very core. So if you feel like, if you feel like that, if you feel like this is something that is affecting your everyday life and, and you would like some explanations, then I would encourage anyone to go and seek a, an assessment. That's great. And thank you for that clarification on, you know, if it's affecting your everyday life or, you know, it's ebb and flowing with your, what's happening for you, because too many people are too quick to say things like, oh, everybody's got ADHD or, you know, my bugbear as well as everyone's a little bit, you know, OCD. They yeah. like that. And it's like, well, that's not OCD. That's not OCD. No. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that that just leads to you feeling minimized and dismissed and not heard don't like if anyone out there has anyone come to you and talks about a condition that they have please don't do that please just hear them please just ask questions and don't try and make it small or make them feel small I mean perfect advice I couldn't I couldn't echo that anymore it's so important and it means so much We've come to the end of the podcast, but I've just got one final question for you, which is the question we ask everyone. And it's if you could meet Natalie 10 years from now. So you get to meet your 10 years older self. You get to sit on a bench and have a conversation and she's going to say something to you or tell you something. What do you hope it would be? God, that's such a good question. And one that naturally I forgot to prepare for. Um... <laughs> All right. I would like, I would like her, I would like me to say that I am feeling calm and balanced and at peace because basically that's what I'm striving for. I just want to feel, just want to feel calm 
I just want to feel balanced. You know, I don't think, I think this kind of obsession with feeling happy all the time is unrealistic and not particularly healthy. And there will be lots of ups and downs, but with that comes a kind of acceptance of life and life struggles. And I just want to feel at peace with being okay with that. It sounds like you're on the road to that with everything you're doing. So fingers crossed. <laughs> I hope 10 years time Natalie says that as well. And I've loved this conversation. It's been wonderful. Before we go, can you tell people where they can find you, where they can find out about Manifest That Shit and anything else you'd like to share? Yes, thank you. You can find me at Style Me Sunday. Um, I have got a website, but I rarely update it these days. But So I'm mainly on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, manifest That Shit. Uh, the course starts January. The next course starts in January the 31st, 2022. And we would love to have you on the course. You can find that link in my bio on Instagram. um, And it's on Eventbrite. So, yeah. Marvellous. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you shared. I've loved it. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to I Am, I Have. Don't forget to check out the counselling directory and download the free Happyful app. And we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to our podcast too. Before you go, I wanted to let you know that on the Happyful app, we have information about where you can find mental health support. If you need immediate help, Samaritans are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116 123, or you can email joe at samaritans.org. Help is available. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Lisi Donahue for Happyful. I hope you'll listen again soon.